Hey everyone, this is Ashley Ellen Boss with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today I'll be talking about anger, addiction, and herbs. And boy, it's been a really hard week for me. And um, I was laying last night in bed with my daughter, who's four, almost four, and she was just burning through this fever. I mean, just on fire and you know, whimpering every 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, I just, you know, I I don't know for any of you who've had this experience when you're, you know, really holding space and caretaking for someone who's very, very ill and in a lot of pain, you sort of go, go into this altered state of consciousness while you're with them. And, you know, your, your mind yeah, it's just, it can open up some really interesting spaces. So that happened last night. And from that space came this talk. So I hope this talk is helpful for you. Um, maybe if you're going through challenging times too, especially if there's anger involved, you might find some of these plants and even just some of these correlations to be helpful in how you hold these things and how you process it. Uh, I will say my daughter's feeling better. <laughs> uh, she's still resting today, but um, she's she's going to be fine. Um, if any of you were like, well, what happened? Is she okay? And yes, she's going to be just fine. Um, the question is, is am I going to be fine <laughs> to be determined? But I know for me, at least when I'm in these spaces that I have allies and I'm not alone. I have my plants. I have people with different skill sets like herbalists and acupuncturists, massage therapists, therapists, you know, all of these different tools that can help make sense and sort through um, the circumstances that I find myself in. And so if you don't have a team of people around you, you know, start to hang out in those circles, you know, try to make friends and, and find people who can be allies to you to help you sort through things like this. Um, so I wanted to talk I want to start off by talking a little bit about anger and suppressed anger, because I think, especially as women, you know, women are really, and men too, but I think more so women are, we're really told we're not supposed to be angry. You know, it's, it's unattractive to be angry at someone. And so we should just remain prim and proper and everything's fine and everything's good. And we'll just, you know, blow, let everything blow over. And that is just that, like, that is the recipe for repressed anger. And, you know, often it seems to show up as, uh, you know, difficulty in stressful situations, being able to make quick decisions. Um, it can show up as having, you know, just, uh, emotional temper outbursts, you know, kind of unexpected over small things. So, you know, you can think about, you know, a boiling pot on a stove and, you know, when everything is in balance, the, the symbol for life in Chinese medicine is a combination of an image of a pot, the image of some sticks underneath it as like representing fire, the lid, which covers the pot, and then the steam or the air that comes out. So this represents all of the elements, fire as the fire, the pot as earth, the steam as air. Um, the space around it, holding it as ether. And then the water is inside the pot being boiled. And so in this analogy of, or this image of life from Chinese medicine um, or from the, the character of chi from Chinese medicine, 
that she is in balance when the fire is burning at just the right temperature so that the lid can go up and down and can slowly release the steam. And and then that keeps everything in motion. But if the fire gets repressed and the pot stays closed and the water doesn't boil, it gets stagnant. And disease grows in stagnant places, you know, go figure. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that can happen. Now, the other thing that can happen is if the, if this heat is cooking and cooking that water, but the lid gets stuck and it's not able to flow up and down, then over time, the pressure will build until the cap flies off. And so that's the other extreme is that there can be these huge outbursts that, you know, can just take over a person or a relationship. So it's important. Anger is an important emotion that we have to learn how to express in a healthy way. And I'm not a therapist. I don't have all the answers, um, but I, I do have some ideas about it just from my work in the natural health industry, in the world, uh, natural health world. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been kind of in this scene since my early was the early twenties. So about 20 years, you know, I, I just, I really try to pay attention and look for the, the similarities in these patterns that I see in myself and my family and my clients and in traditional systems of medicine, like Chinese medicine. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, about anger and about this, this way that it can um, be like a ticking time bomb and how, you know, how do we let that steam come out gradually? You know, what are the ways we do that? And I think growing up in a family where there was addiction, um, yeah, I don't think I learned really how to, you know, anger and, and frustration was like not really allowed. You know, you, you every everything needed to stay in a certain very serene place. Otherwise, the the faulty system wouldn't work. And so there was very little room or very little talk around emotions or around anger in particular. So you know, I I think that if we can speak our anger in the moment, that's kind of like the best thing we can do is like you know, you don't have to do anything about it, but even just to say, and this is what I'm teaching my girls is I'm really mad. I'm really angry. That made me feel really angry. And it's not, you know, I don't want her to say you make me mad, but it's because it, we don't want to like try to say, okay, you're the reason why I feel this way might be true, might not be, but what's more helpful for you. And for me as individuals is to say, what am I feeling? <laughs> wow, I'm feeling mad. Why? And then to use that why questioning all the way back. Well, I'm feeling mad because this thing happened. Well, why am I feeling mad about this thing happening? Because I wanted it to go this way. Well, why do I really want it to go this way? Because, and then, you know, you can just follow that trail all the way back and usually you can get to some pretty deep places and insights about yourself and maybe some of your own you know, defects or flaws in character or flaws in thinking or unrealistic expectations, you know, all of these things that can lead us astray into, and and can really take us out of our own experience and, and play that blame and shame game, which never really helps anyone, (laughs) especially ourselves. 
So if we can name the feeling and, you know, and then try to respond, you know, just like name it without having to explain it, if that makes sense. Now, the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about is, um, is the idea of, of the correlation of the liver and the liver and anger. So in traditional Chinese medicine, uh, there is a correlation between every emotion in the body and an organ system. And these systems are not direct correlated, directly correlated to the anatomical Western systems. So while in TCM, they say anger is associated with the liver, they're also talking about this whole liver system. So I wanna describe that system so that we don't think of it as just the organ. So the system of the liver is like the general in the army. They're responsible for seeing the whole field, you know, like if you can imagine someone who was getting prepared to attack another side, right? They're getting ready for war. The general has to be able to not only see what's right in front of them, but what's 10 steps ahead. And what is the big picture? Where is like the, the long-term vision for where we want this war or this fight to go? And then the general has to be able to explain this in a way to each of the individual army groups, you know, like, you know, the battalion group over here, the front line here, the artillery over there, over here, this group needs to have eyes on these people, right? Like, so there's a lot that needs to be taken care of in order to see this whole thing through. So imagine if the general is angry. Imagine if the general has repressed anger. How is he going to, or she, how are they going to be able to lead this battle if they're angry? And, and I was, this is part of what I was like laying in bed thinking about. I was like, you know, if, if the general is, is angry, he's going to turn that, that rage probably against the wrong people. He's probably going to take it out on innocent people. The general is probably going to be hasty, maybe, you know, be a little bit irrational in how they get things done, maybe a little cutthroat. Um, yeah, I mean, you could just think to yourself, what could poss possibly happen if the general is not able to keep his cool, not only during the actual battle itself, but during the planning period of it? So if we think about the now, if we, if we transpose this idea of the general back to the liver, and if in Chinese medicine, they, the liver is seen as that is playing that role, then we can think of everything else in the body, including the nervous system, is affected by the mental state of the liver, right? And the liver is associated with the element or sorry, with the emotion of anger. So if that lid isn't coming up and down, if the liver isn't in good functioning status, then it's either going to be, you know, there's going to be stagnation, which is going to lead to probably, you know, poor decision-making more on the lack of decision side or that excessive force. And so that, then that energy goes to the rest of the body. And so the immune system, the nervous system, the GI system, every other system is being told what to do under the guidance of the liver. So we really want to make sure that our liver is in good health, especially if we're dealing with anger, because then we don't want our body to turn on itself. We don't want to create an environment where, you know, autoimmunity might be an issue where we start fighting ourselves. Like, why would we do that? Well, 
if the general can't see the full scope of things and is just mad at himself or whatever. And, you know, there's inner fighting, you know, there's fighting in house. That is, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. You can't get to where you're going if everyone's still, you know, at home fighting. So taking care of the liver is going to help every other organ system do its job well and keep this vision of where things are going, which ideally I think for most of us is to a happy, peaceful, productive, and loving state state or, or place. You know, we're all looking for that place of being deeply relaxed and satisfied and being able to feel the fullness of love in our hearts. Um, and that not only that love for our family and um, our dear ones, but also for God, you know, to have that, uh, to have a love big enough to feel that love for God, which is what we practice um, what our family practices in our practice of bhakti yoga. So the liver is just so crucial. And I just, I had, you know, when I was laying there last night, I was just thinking too about how I was like, well, what, what does the liver want? I mean, the liver just wants um, things to move through it without bother. It doesn't want to have to like the liver has to sort through so much information, just like a general does, that it just doesn't want to be bogged down by, by annoying and trivial things. And so I was just thinking about all of the things I asked my liver to do. It's like, hey, I'm going to have French fries. And the liver's like, no, because <laughs> it's fat and the liver has to break down fat. So anytime we give our bodies too much fat, it suppresses the liver chi and, and it slows down that the function, the full bright functionality of the liver. The interesting thing too, is that the liver is associated with the eyes um, because, you know, you know, the general has to be able to see everything. Um, and when, you know, uh, when babies have jaundice or people have jaundice because of a lack of liver function, you can see it in the yellow, the, the white of the sclera, the white of the eyes becomes yellow. So, you know, the Chinese had a direct correlation between what the eyes do and um, you know, the influence of the liver upon the eyes. So I thought that was very interesting. And so, you know, what, yeah, what does the liver want? The liver wants everything to be clean, simple, and easy. And for all the information to come through in a very straightforward way. So our diet is really important, you know, and, and, and I was thinking too, and I was like, okay, well, what helps the liver? And I was thinking about the different tastes and in Ayurveda and, and in Chinese medicine, in the flavor wheel, the opposite flavor of bitter is sweet. And I know growing up in a family where, you know, there, there was a history of addiction. I think a lot of times, especially with alcohol, you know, and this is what I've heard from a lot of people who've become, you know, gone sober is that, you know, one of the things that they often replace alcohol with is sugar because it gives you sort of that hit and that high and a lot of alcohol, you know, alcohol is, a, it basically converts into sugar, which is why it can cause so many problems like diabetes and uh, glucose issues. So, you know, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, what our liver wants and what actually helps our liver is that bitter taste. But what do we end up going for is sweet, which is the opposite. So sweet sort of like gets the liver all sticky and gooey and kind of sedated and mucks up the whole flow of information. Whereas bitter cleans, bitter is a reducing flavor, cleans everything out. So what our liver really wants is bitter, clean foods. 
And if we're feeling clouded by anger, I just started a new diet that is super clean and uh, no sugar besides my husband's birthday cake, which we're going to have tonight, and maybe some cake we had last night in preparation. But besides that, very, very clean. And I, it's like, it's, it's so interesting. It's like my eyes, it's like some of these things I've been really stressing over. It's like, I'm starting to get clear vision of what it is I need to do. What are my next steps? What are the boundaries I need to put in place? My vision's becoming clearer because my body's becoming clearer, cleaner and clearer. And my liver can now start to move things through and, and everything in my body starting to work better since I've been eating more, you know, fresh vegetables and just really trying to reduce my sweets and reduce my sugar and caffeine. So that's an interesting thing to, to think about for yourself too, is, you know, what, what things might you be able to shift in your diet? And, and I know it's never always, a lot of my clients, you know, I don't actually say to them, you know, cut, cut these 10 things out. I'll say, try these 10 things to add in. Cause our, it's usually easier for us to do something rather than take something away. So try eating more fresh fruit, drinking more water, um, you know, eating slightly steamed vegetables, you know, just try to add more of that into your daily diet. And, and that will help to create some ease on your liver. Um, dandelion leaves, arugula greens, kale. Those are some other really nice, gently bitter greens that are also very cleansing for the liver and this whole liver pathway. And, um, and then herbs. I wanted to talk about some herbs that you might want to consider too for supporting the liver. So my top two herbs, my top, my top two favorite herbs to the liver are dandelion root and gentian root. Now, dandelion root, the leaves are bitter, but the root is even more bitter and it has a, a, a greater affinity for the liver. So I recommend doing either like a decoction where you cook the dandelion roots for maybe 20, 30 minutes and strain it. And you can add in a little bit of licorice if it's too, if it's too bitter. Cause remember every time when something's too bitter, add a little sweet. So you can think about pairing those two together. That can be nice. And just a touch, you need very little, like literally like a, 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 a pinky nail full, <laughs> like, like very little, uh, will, you know, and then you'll taste that sweet and it'll, you don't want to completely cover the bitter because that's part of the taste bud reaction in your body sends signals through your digestive system and through the, uh, and affects the vagus nerve and the way that we breathe. So that bitter taste is actually super important. So we, we, we want to modify it with sweet just enough to where it's palatable. Then gentian root is super bitter. They often call it the king of the bitters. But you know, after tasting andrographis fruit, I was like, it might be the queen of the bitters because uh, andrographis, I think, is probably the most bitter herb. Andrographis really is one that I use more for um, disease and illness. Like when your immune system and your liver like need like, you know, you need to go from zero to 60 in like two seconds. Like you just need to like kickstart your whole system and fight off a virus. It's what I often recommend for myself, my family and others who are dealing with COVID. Um, <clears throat> but for something where you're just working more on the liver itself, gentian is excellent. So that is a wonderful remedy. Um, I would not cook it as a, as a, um, <laughs> I would not cook it as a root because it's super bitter. Take it as a tincture and just do it by the drop. 
you know, take like five drops three times a day, ideally before meals is a great time. And that will really also help with digestive functioning. But the third one I wanted to say is um, a bitters blend. So traditionally in herbalism, bitters have always been grouped together with very cool, dry, um, bitters, along with some moistening bitters, along with some warming carminatives. Carminatives basically mean that they kickstart your digestive system and help to relieve gas. So a really good bitters blend will combine your cold, cold, you know, condensing and cleansing liver herbs, um, along with some of those more moderate ones that may be a little moistening. And then those kind of spices, like some of our carminatives that are often in blend in uh, bitter blends would be like cardamom and fennel and ginger and orange peel. So here are two blends that I really like. Um, they're both made by herbalists and alchemists. This is David Winston's herbal company. It's actually really easy to get whether you order it online or find it at your health food store. Um, it's very readily available throughout the United States. Um, if you live in, the, in Europe or in Australia, I'm sure you can find a reputable company that makes a, a bitters blend. So just, you know, scope it out, look for people that, uh, you know, give good reviews for a bitters blend and try that. Um, but I really like the two there. They have, I think, Herbalist and Alchemist might have five different bitters blends, but the two top ones I would start with are the original and then the old world bitters. So those two are really nice. If you want a little bit more of that traditional hoppy taste, like a little bit of like a light hoppy flavor, that's the old world bitters blend. And it's gently relaxing too. Whereas the, um, the original bitters has a little bit more spice to it. Um, and I would say it's not like activating. It's not like opposite in that way, but it's just a little bit more neutral. I would say it has a little bit of more spicy flavor, but it's more, it acts a little bit more neutrally on the nervous system. And then there's other ones you can look at too on their website. And you might find one that looks like it's a more of a specific fit for you, but I would recommend taking bitters to help you work through this. Another thing that I do personally is I use burdock root all the time. So I'll throw about half a cup of nettles, about half a cup of burdock root into a mason jar with like a pinch of licorice, let it steep for eight hours. So I'll pour like hot water, cap it, let it steep. We call this an overnight infusion, let it steep eight hours. And then the next day I strain it. And then I drink that throughout the day. And so I just love the combination of nettles, which is very detoxifying, really, really moves the lymph, the kidneys, and then using the burdock, which just really addresses the liver and the skin, which are also connected. So um, you can try that blend as well. And let's see if there's anything else I wanted to say. I think that's pretty good. I think that hopefully answers it. So I hope this has been helpful for you. And, you know, as you're sitting and thinking about anger and addiction and maybe some of your own cycles, you know, just notice where you get caught in that negative cycle of repression, of pushing things down. Like, do you go to the sugar cabinet every time you have an angry feeling and then you eat the sweets and it represses it down, right? <laughs> I don't know that pattern at all. <laughs> um, or, you know, it might be something different. It might be fatty foods. You know, you might be like, you know what? I just need a bag of chips. I just, I can't deal with this. I need a bag of chips. I need some fries. I need a hamburger. You know, just notice how the body, when those emotions come up, 
we often try to find ways like, you know, material, physical ways to push that feeling down. And instead it's so hard, but, but maybe, you know, instead of going for the sweets or this, or the fats, we can just say, I'm feeling really mad. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to move my energy. Maybe I'll walk in the woods and scream a bit. (laughs) You know, maybe I'll write a letter, um, just getting it all out of my head. I did that recently. It was excellent. Um, So just, you know, what can I do to move this energy out of me rather than, (laughs) you know, putting the lid on and trying to lock it down? So good luck to you. Good luck to me. Good luck to all of us. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Please like this video if you like it. Please share it if you think anyone you know would benefit from listening to this. And I will see you all again soon. Take care. Bye.